Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church in the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, uh, today, while I was uh, looking through um, several sources uh, on Valentine Day, Valentine's Day and its origin and such, uh, you know, I found some very interesting um, information. I think some information that, that I had not been acutely aware of before. Of course, I am aware of what we might call traditional history. Well, excuse me, what I might call traditional history. Okay, I'm not sure I've ever heard that, uh, that term before. But, but traditional history, would uh, what I mean by that is uh, looking back on our tradition that has established a historical pattern so that when we look back on what we imagine is history, we might just be looking back on what people imagined really happened or perhaps what they embellished on what actually happened. And it may not really be history. It may not really be true, but it is nonetheless our traditional history, the history of our tradition. And uh, such was the case today whenever I looked at Valentine's Day. Uh, you know, I, I'm very familiar with the traditional history, and most people know that, that uh, a, a lot of things are kind of added. But, but uh, you know, I wondered, who was this St. Valentine's? Uh, well, uh, let me encourage you that if you do research, I would encourage you to re research from more than one source. Because if you do resource, excuse me, research, from only one source in history, unless you are researching the Bible, and the Bible is an independent, single source of truth. We embrace that. You know, we believe the Bible is true. But once you step out of the Bible, then you many times step into a world of opinion. Uh, God's opinion is a little bit different than everybody else's opinion. And whenever you begin to read history, whatever you might read, you know, uh, if, you, if you change the historian, you change the history. Some people believe that Ulysses S. Grant was a drunkard. That was a very popular history. But then if you moved forward in about 50-year increments... So that you change the historian, looking back on other facts, some of them believed he was not. So it depends on when the book was written as to what the tenor of that particular time was. And that's the way we see whether it is, you know, uh, World War II. Uh, I'm reading a book right now on World War II. And, uh, you know, I have read Normandy, D-Day, from the German perspective, and I have read D-Day from the American perspective and Allies' perspectives. Those are two different perspectives, and it's two different stories. And so it's very important to realize that not everyone in a scenario or in a situation sees it the same way. And so it's very important if you're going to research something, let me just give you a little bit of a, a, a piece of advice. Research more than one source 
when you're looking back on something that you're depending on people <laughs> to give you the information. Such was the case as I began to research St. Valentine. You know, because uh, this guy named Valentine. Do you know, uh, reaching back to 269 A.D., 269, there was a, a, a man whose name was Valentine who was, you know, reportedly a good guy. And he reportedly, you know, uh, did good things. And uh, he's even credited with healing um, um, a young lady, the blind daughter of a jailer. The reason that he was in jail is because he was doing things that the Roman Emperor Claudius did not want him to do. Specifically, this guy named Valentine, he was marrying soldiers. And it was reported that Claudius had said that he did not want his Roman soldiers to marry because a soldier was a better soldier when he was not married than he was when he got married. So, uh, it is reported by some people that Claudius said Roman soldiers cannot be married. And yet, here this guy, here this minister, here this Christian, you know, he is going around marrying soldiers. Uh, it's said that he had a ring, that, that, that uh, this ring was April, amethyst. And it had a little carving even of, of, of a little angel that, 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 you know, that was a childlike, a cupid. And uh, when soldiers would see this, or when other people who were prohibited under Roman law from marrying, when they would see this particular ring, you know, uh, that is now, you know, birthstone for February and it, Cupid is the you know this little love angel you know in in in, in many traditional uh, 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 stories and um, that they would say oh that guy will marry us and so they would you know get alone with him and he would marry them because of course you cannot be married outside of the church in that day uh, is what the what 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 the traditional history shows and so not only would he marry them, but he would uh, cut little hearts out in paper. And he would, you know, have them put it in their clothes so that when the soldier went off to war, he would remember that he was betrothed to, you know, to, uh, to the one he got married to. So this guy was, you know, reportedly doing that. Valentine was doing that. And so Pope, uh, excuse me, uh, Emperor Claudius got really mad at him and arrested him and jailed him and then attempted to convert Valentine to pagan Roman pagan uh, 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 religion. And Valentine in turn turned and tried to convert the emperor to Christianity. And in that attempt to convert him, the emperor got so mad he decided that he would cut his head off. And so while he was in the prison... Uh, before he died, he ended up laying hands on his jailer's young daughter who was blind and praying for her. And uh, the traditional history says that she was healed. 
And uh, because of that, the jailer and like 41 or 43 of his family members got saved. And, and it was such a big deal. And, and just before the, the, um, the um, emperor cut Valentine's head off, it, it is reported by traditional history that, that Valentine sent a letter to this young girl and he signed it, your Valentine. You know, okay, traditional history. Eh. Claudius never made a law that Roman soldiers could not be married. Hello. Okay, he did run Christians out of Rome. But supposedly, Valentine, his head was cut off on February the 14th. In 269. Well, there was another guy named Valentine living only 70 miles outside of Rome. Okay? He is the, uh, uh, the second guy, Valentine, and he died in 273, and he was a good guy. One died in 269, one died in 273, two Valentines living 70 miles apart, and both of them are credited by different uh, uh, traditions, by different traditional historical accounts of being St. Valentine. How do we know? Well, we don't. Oh, and, and uh, you know, in, in 476... One of the popes decided February 14th would be the time, you know, that, that, that we would celebrate Valentine's Day. But val what was Valentine's Day? Well, uh, it's a day when birds propose to one another. Did y'all know that? That's what it is. It's, it's a day when birds, I mean, that is our traditional, a part of our traditional uh, <laughs> accounts. Yeah. And did you know that, that, that there is a St. Valentine? I mean, it depends on what period you're reading because many of these were embellishments from about 1539. Uh, in fact, a lot of people wrote about it. Do you know the first Valentine poem we have was from a Frenchman, Florence, my granddaughter-in-law? Uh, did you know that? And do you know what the very earliest writing, the very earliest writing we have, um, a, a Valentine it says this. Uh, I don't think I can say it in French, but this is what it says in English. I am tired of love. <laughs> I'm tired of love, you know, to my sweet Valentine. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 yeah, that's basically what it says. And, and, and we have other poems, you know, I mean, in, in 1590, uh, one of the British poets wrote to us uh, a poem. His, his name was Dunn. Uh, and, and in 1595, Spencer wrote, another uh, 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 British poet. And in 1600, uh, even, even um, Shakespeare wrote about Valentine's. In 1607, he published Hamlet. And Ophelia talks about her Valentine. And, you know, I mean, all through the ages, you know, the 8th century. The, I mean, all, you look back, and it just depends on when you look back. You know, one, one of the uh, earliest completed poems, writings that we have about Valentine's was in the 7th century. And, uh, you know, I mean, different people are credited and it depends on, on what, what 
denomination you're from. You know, whether you're Anglican or Eastern Orthodox or whether you're Catholic or, uh, or Lutheran, you know. I mean, uh, the Eastern Orthodox celebrate the, the uh, Valentine's one on uh, two. They celebrate both the guys, 269 and 273. They celebrate one of them on July the 6th and the other one on July the 30th. I guess because they don't know which one's which, so they celebrate both of them. I don't know. Kind of don't want to make anybody mad, I guess, if not if they're a saint. Um, but there is a difference between traditional history and real history. But basically, uh, you know, Valentine's Day. But by the way, did you know he's a patron saint of beekeepers? Birds and bees. What can you say? Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, there's all types and kinds of traditional historical accounts. And just because... We may have been celebrating a day that uh, one group of people celebrate because of one person, another because of another, because of some oral tradition or some embellishment. Uh, all of these things, uh, putting them all together, uh, all of them basically are celebrating expressions of love. Expressions of how do I tell my love that I love them? How do I express the love. You know, every generation uh, has had its major figures of people who wanted to find some better way to express love and care. And here we are in the year 2024 on February the 14th. By the way, February the 14th which was in 496, that's the day, okay? Well, the calendar has changed since then. This is not early spring. This is late winter now. And because of the calendar change and the shift now, uh, we, this is not probably the day that birds propose to one another. That's probably closer to March, okay? Uh, hello. So, I mean, you really just can't depend on traditional history as truth and yet there is a yearning and everyone identifies with a yearning to hear an expression of love to feel loved and to be able to correctly express love to someone else we yearn to let those we love know we love them how do we do that well good news we don't have to depend on traditional history. We don't have to depend on embellished stories that have been handed down through centuries and millennia. What we can do is pick up the one source of love. And we can find out right here from not traditional history, but from <laughs> Almighty God Himself. What God has been saying long before 269, long before 273, long before 496, long before 1590, 1595, 1600, 1607, we can go all the way back to the beginning of this God who is love. And He will tell us how to express our love to one another. So for Valentine's 
day, allow me to share some expressions of love. From 1 Corinthians chapter 13, reading from the New King James Version, verse number 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Wow. You get that? Though my eloquence, <laughs> you know, is uh, so, uh, though I make you swoon, you know, though I might be able to push you emotionally into a feeling that I want you to feel. Though I might be able to manipulate you as though I were speaking with the tongue of an angel. Wow. Well, but if I do not have love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. God says, and though I have the gift of prophecy, and though I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains. But if I do not have love, I am nothing. Wow. I'm getting the feeling here that, that even, you know, even greater than all of the things that we might pursue and wish to gather and all of the eloquence that we could muster and all of the education that we could amass. And all of the power and the strength that might be known by mortal man. Yet love is a power greater than any. For without love we would be nothing. Uh, I don't think even Shakespeare could, could, um, could write better words than these. And he was really trying to make us feel something. Do you know that even Chaucer wrote a poem about valentines how how interesting is it i read it today in old english oh i should have put it up for us it was really interesting how how he was trying to grasp how that nothing else matched this desire of love how could he pour it out how could he know how could he find love well he could have looked right here in first corinthians chapter 13 just like shakespeare and dunn and spencer and um, every saint valentine on the book could have looked right here and found these words because without love not the love of man. But without the love of Almighty God in our hearts, we're nothing. Verse 3, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Boy, he is touching everything here that, that sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds like things we ought to do, right? Uh, if, if I were to bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love it profits me nothing well how in the world could i know that i have love then i mean i i want this okay i want this i i want to prophesy as well but 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 i don't want it to mean nothing i want to feed the poor as well but i don't want it to end up being being just empty idle activity i i want 
I want this love. I want this love. How can I know when I am speaking in love instead of speaking with, with, with some intelligent eloquence? How can I know that it's not just polished rhetoric, that it's not just wishful thinking? How can I know I have this love? Well, good news begins verse 4. If you do, you will see that love suffers long and love is kind. I, I suppose that if I am without long-suffering, that if I'm without kindness, that I may be moving outside of an expression of love. How do I express love? With patience, with kindness. Love does not envy. Wow. Well, I suppose I should not envy then. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, is not proud and arrogant. Love does not behave rudely. Well, uh-oh, we may want to close the book then. You mean if I am rude, then everything I'm doing from feeding the poor to, to prophesying to, to, uh, to you know, even, even giving up of myself, my body to be burned. But if I am rude, it profits me nothing. Oh, though I bestow all my gifts to feed the poor, but I am a rude person? Oh, it means nothing. Can I just stop right there and let that sink in a little bit? We're talking about expressions of love on Valentine's Day. You know, uh, did you wish anyone happy Valentine's Day today? Well, if you did and you turned around and were rude to them or envied them, or if you were unkind to them, or if you were impatient with them, then all of your happy valentines may have meant nothing. Is this okay, Pastor Marcus? Is it coming across all right? Yeah? What a valentine's message, huh? Yeah, because we don't have to always drive this car in reverse. We can go forward and we can say to ourselves, I am going to be kind. I am going to remember to be patient. I am going to remember that I need to not envy and I certainly don't need to be rude. It does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. Another word for that is selfish. Is not provoked. That means is not soon angry. Not, not able for someone to push the button and all of a sudden you have a spirit of short fuse and you explode in this intolerant, explosive anger. Thinks no evil. That means I don't sit around trying to figure out why 
it's bad or you're bad or what you did is bad or why what you said is bad. I'm not looking for the bad. I'm not, I'm not prejudging. I'm not reading between, between the lines trying to find a way to, to say that, that, that something's bad. You know, I'm looking for something good. I'm trying to read between the lines. It's like God is not looking for a technicality to send me to hell. He's looking for every technicality he can to send me to heaven. He gave his own son. He's not dangling me over the fires of hell. He did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He's doing everything he can to get us in. He's not doing what, you know, he's not looking for, for loopholes to kick us out. He's looking for loopholes to keep us in. It's, he doesn't, he is love. And so he is not thinking evil. And guess what? Uh, love does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth. Verse 7, love bears all things. Come on. Suck it up. <laughs> love bears all things. Come on. <laughs> Come on, take a deep breath. Quit tripping over, you know, molehills. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. You know, you're going to have faith. You're just going to live in faith. Love hopes all things. No matter where you are, you're going to say hope. Love will hope. Love, love motivates us to hope. Love, love is that element of God, that deposit of Almighty God, that deposit of the divine creator of the universe. Love is that deposit of God. It's the reflection of God on the inside of us. Do you think God has no hope? You think God has no faith? You think God cannot bear up under what we are doing? Do you think that he cannot overlook something? That God cannot forgive something? No, this love is the element of God in our life. It's the touch of God. You've been touched by God. You're a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things become new. And all things are of God. God is love. Now you can walk in love. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. And endures all things. Wow. Okay, cutting to the chase here because uh, I know you can uh, read the rest of this, but, but that, uh, the, the, the three or four words, three words of the next verse says a lot. Verse 8, love never fails. Love won't quit on you. It won't pull up short. It won't just, you know, it's not like you're driving down the road in a car. You know, and the engine quits. Love's not that way. It won't quit on you going down the road. It won't quit on you going down the road of life. Love's not going to quit on you. You know, and you don't quit. I want, I want to be somebody that's not a quitter. I don't want to quit on love. Huh? Uh, let's read verse 13. Uh, uh, now abides... Faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And if you were to read the first two words of chapter 14, the next two words are pursue love. <laughs> pursue love. You know, 
Do everything you can to get some of this in your life. Not just the traditional historical definition of love, but rather the true definition of love. The biblical love that believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, that, that is kind, that is patient. That's what I want. I want that kind of love. I want the kind of love whenever I say Happy Valentine's Day that no one has any reason to question that I mean anything other than I really love you and I want to be this guy that doesn't quit on you. You know, uh, gosh, you know, not going to stop loving you. Amen? Amen. Well, that's God's expression of love, and that's our expression of love. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.